What's up, guys? Today we're on day six. Isn't that right, Dustin? Yes, sir. So that means we're going to cover chapters 16 through 18. So let's get right into the text. Some of my reading partners have been picking on me. They was like, Theo, you can't get us down below 15 minutes. And I'm like, man, this is a challenge game on. I told them I'm going to get better and better every episode. And I'm going to get these things between 10 and 15 minutes before long. So we're going to shoot for 12 this time. We're going to shoot for 12. Let's do it, man. All right. So chapter 16. So we hop into the text. And remember, land, seed, blessing. And we're about to get a seed test. And Abram's about to fail the seed test. Verse 1. Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. And she had an Egyptian maid whose name was Hagar. Note that word, Egyptian maid. And so quite naturally, you want to blame Sarah for this. But I think Moses keeps putting Egyptian in the text to show you where did this woman come from in the first place? During that famine, bro, when Abram dipped down to avoid the famine and came back, he brought this with him. And it says, so Sarah said to Abram, now behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I will obtain children through her. Obviously, we know the story. Abram does this. But look at what it says again in verse 3, that Abram's wife, Sarah, took Hagar, the Egyptian. I told you, bro, it keeps coming up. It's like Moses is poking at this. Man, this is Abram's sin, not necessarily Sarah. She's a culprit too now. But let's put the blame on Abram. And it happens. Anything there before I hop down to verse 11, bro? Man, I can't help but think. My wife loves babies. But I don't think she loves babies that much. She don't love babies that much. <laughs> she wouldn't buy into this plan. No. So wouldn't. this is an ancient Near Eastern plan. This is not a Mississippi plan. This isn't <laughs> happening in the Tri-County area. So we're going to shout out Amy on that one for yeah. holding her guns. But, all right, verse 11. The angel of the Lord said to her father, Behold, you are with child, and you will bear a son, and you shall call his name Ishmael. Ishmael. So let's stop there. Ishmael, this is where a war has started, and it goes up until even today where we're tracking the seed. And here's some more enmity, bro. There's a group of people to this day, Muslims, right? that believe that the seed flowed through Ishmael and they worship God on the basis of this fact, right? Mistakes were made. Wow. But think about that. Think about how your decisions affect not only your children, but your children's children and many generations to come. Just like he had an impact on all nations, like his nation would be the sand of the sea. His mistake, bro, could create a nation that large and those nations could war together and it just shows how important obedience is because we don't know the implications of our obedience at that time to us you know what it is it's just a decision bro right. but you look hundreds and thousands of years later and you see the fruit of those decisions and it, it could be ugly and we need to take obeying god seriously yep. so back to the text so be because the lord has Given heed, I'm in verse 11, he will be a wild donkey of a man. We got prophecy regarding Ishmael right here. And his hand will be against everyone. Listen to that. 
and everyone's hand will be against him, and he will live to the east of all of his brothers. And she called on the name of the Lord who spoke to her. Let's end the chapter here with verse 16. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to him. This was pointed out to me, and I just want to mention this to you. Do you know, because of Abram's disobedience, from chapter 16, verse 16, to chapter 17, verse 1, guess in one verse, one chapter change, how many years pass by? 10. 13. 13. 13 years go by, and it's almost like God is saying, I'm not talking to you anymore because of your disobedience. And you can see it here in the text. Look at this. It says, when Abram was 99 years old, you see it now? 99, 86 to 99, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. You hear him? He getting at Abram. He's, stop playing with me, Abram. Trust me. Follow me. Listen to me. And let me be your God. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you will be the father of a multitude of nations. The seed comes back up. He failed the seed test. God is reiterating the seed. Look, you're going to be the father of many and your name shall be called Abraham for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. Now we get a name change mm. because you will be the father of many nations. I'm going to name you that. So you have to be the father of the Abrahamic covenant and you will be the father of faith. And I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make you, I will make nations of you and kings will come forth from you. And we already started to see that with the fight with for light. Kings were respecting him. Now he's saying kings will come from you. Isn't that powerful, bro? How God is setting this all up. And so we get circumcision in verse 10 and 11. And he says that from this point on, every male should be circumcised on the eighth day. And we see that as a birthright for every Jew. Even Paul makes that argument, right? In the New Testament, hey, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews circumcised on the eighth day. And this all flows from right here, from the Abrahamic covenant. So he says in verse 15 that your name won't be Sarah, it'll be Sarah, which means princess. That means royalty. Mm -hmm. So she's royalty now. And it's funny, like he calls her princess. My, my professor said one time, it's almost like God saying, look, you thought you couldn't have kids. I'm making you young again. Mm -hmm. I'm restoring your youth and making you a princess where you can bear children. And I was like, come on, Dr. Chow. Man, you spitting these bars. I always used to look around in class and say, man, y'all hear this? Man, if I get this knowledge, I'm telling everybody about it because it's just so powerful how the scriptures can impact your life and affect your faith. And my faith grew so much. Becoming biblically literate and learning survey, I just want to give that gift to the world, bro. And man, let's just keep working through the text. He even name drops. Look at verse 19. Read that really quick, bro. 17, 19. God, God said, no, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for the offspring after him. Bro, he name drops what the child name will be. Isn't that powerful? No, absolutely. And we're going to get a lot of name drops with God. He's just 
And he's spot on with the prophecy. And we walk into chapter 18 and it says, now the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre. And it says in verse two, that three men show up, three men show up. And we're going to find out exactly who these three men are. In this story, we have the, the promise reiterated to him. And then verse nine, let's hop and grab grab that because we get the seed test struggle again. It says, then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, there in the tent, he said, I will surely return to you at this time next year. And behold, Sarah, your wife will have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door, which was behind him. Now, Abram, Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. Sarah was past childbearing. Sarah laughed to herself saying, after I have become old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, why does Sarah laugh saying, shall I indeed bear a child when I am so old? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? Talk to me, Dustin. <laughs> this is like an age old statement. Now we can add something to the character of God. This statement right here. This statement right here will get you through some of the most difficult times in your life when you're not seeing God move. Hold on to Genesis 18, 14. Is there anything too difficult for the Lord? Man, first off, we got Sarah laughing there. Talk to me about that, man. man. What, what we got going on with Sarah? Man, I just think it's hilarious because he said, Sarah's laughing, and then she said, no, I wouldn't. Man, isn't that how sin works? Huh? Man, it is. It is. And we walk into the end of this chapter. We get a theology of prayer built for us as we end. The Lord, listen to this, verse 16. Then the men rose up from there and looked down towards Sodom. And Abram was walking with them and said to send them off. The Lord said, shall I hide from Abram what I'm about to do? And so we find out that of these three men, two are angels and one is the Lord. And we got capital L-O-R-D. Mm -hmm. And the translators help us out when they do that. Capital L-O-R-D means Yahweh, bro. So Yahweh is there. Now, Uncle Theo is going to double down. This is what's called a theophany. But I take the position, which isn't a minority position, by the way. I'm not just strange and a loose cannon out there. I take the position that these are Christophanies, bro, because anytime you see in the text where Yahweh is referred to the Father, he's always in heaven. Mm. But when we hear Yahweh on earth, bro, that's Christ, the pre-incarnate Christ. Do you know, I'm not going to die on this hill, but do you know how far that is, bro? The Christ who is to come is already in human history operating and acting. I'm meeting the very person whom I'll come through, Abram. The seed is in him. I'm talking to him as Yahweh. We'll see this over and over again. Now, it's so easy to want to take that position because it's so fire, bro. But I think it's accurate, man. What about you? No, absolutely. That's, a, that's the way I read the text, too. You see that, too? Yeah, and it, it even gets even worse when you think about if you take that position uh -huh. and then you think about what the men of Sodom and Gomorrah were trying to do. man. That's, that's pretty horrible. Yeah, nah, but, for sure. But I'm pretty excited to get into that text tomorrow. Bad news, bro. We didn't make our time. But 
We're going to end the text in these last two minutes with verse 19 and then hear Abraham's prayer. So in 19, he says, for I have chosen him. And so God says this, and this is a theology of prayer. This is so beautiful. So it's worth going over 12 minutes over our time to talk about this. The Lord says, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? You hear that, bro? Like God is sovereign. He doesn't have to tell anybody anything, any of his plans. And he looks and says, you know what? I love this guy. Should I hide from him what I'm about to do? I should let him in, shouldn't I? And he lets him in, even to the point where Abraham can intercede on behalf of what's about to happen. That's relationship, my guy. And that's beautiful. And that's what God wants with us, wants us to come to him boldly. We can come on the merit of Christ now. He asks us to come before him boldly and make petitions to him. And we see Abraham is bold, bro. You hear him here uh, in this prayer, 50 is righteous. I always hear the auction numbers, 45, 55, 75, 80, you know what I mean? But it's going down like from 50. Then he said, what if 50 righteous men are lacking five? Will you destroy the whole city because of five then? What about 45? If not 40, then 30, then 20, then 10. And that's why I get that funny auction. Like, oh, you ever hear that either on TV or in there in the auction saying no, that? But man, Abraham is coming, becoming before God boldly, petitioning him. And we're about to see the rest of the story next time. Any thoughts on the beautiful theology? Let's make that our practical application, man. Yeah. God wants us included and he wants us to pray to him. And we always say, why pray when God's sovereign and he's going to do something anyway? Pray because he wants to work through means and he wants to work through you. And he wants to include you in human history saying, yeah, I could have did that directly, but no, I did it through their prayer. And you get this, you're now linked to God for all of human history for doing that deed because it came through your prayer. Does that make sense? No, Isn't that loving, bro? God wants to include us. So give me some practical application, man. Take the people home. Man, I, I just think about Abraham's heart and praying for the people, interceding for these people. And that it just makes me think a lot of times we may have been praying for people for a long time and God may say, not right now. Man, he may say no. Good, bro. Or he may say, go get a lot. Man, that's good. So. I just think that we need to continue in laboring in prayer because yeah. I'm just going to be honest. There's a lot of things in my life that I'm thinking about right now that I was laboring pretty tough on for a long time that I slacked up on that. Maybe I need to pick back up. Man, that's so good, man. I think about it. That almost brings tears to my eyes thinking about my brother Shay. Shay had a sister who he prayed for fervently. <laughs> man, he would shed tears over his family. He's a very powerful evangelist, by the way, just like you, one of my good friends. And one day he calls me in the truck. I'm pulling up, man. I'm so tired. And he like, bro, my sister just had a nightmare about hell and about the world coming to the end. Can you go over there and preach the gospel to her? I said, bro. I said, yeah. <laughs> I didn't tell him how tired I was, but I did not want to go over there. Bro, I go over there, preach the gospel. She gets saved. She's in our church today on fire for the Lord, bro. She knows who I'm talking about. I won't bust her out on, on the podcast, but that's beauty, man. God answers prayer and he answers intercessory prayer. So don't give up on your loved ones. And it's when we least expect it. Least expect it. Yeah. All right, let's wrap up there, man. 
Riding holy weapons.